0: Hello friends, it's me, the president of Chickenlandia. Did you know that I have a new book that is now available for purchase? You heard that right. It's called Let's All Keep Chickens, the down-to-earth guide to natural practices for healthier birds and a happier world. It's now available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, your local bookstore, and more. For more information on how you can grab your copy, Just click the link in the show notes. It's so exciting, I can barely handle it. Okay, on with the show. Welcome to Chickenlandia's 100% friendly podcast, Bok Talk. This show will help you learn all about how backyard chicken keeping can be fun, entertaining, and stress-free. Here's your host, the president of Chickenlandia! Hello, welcome to Chickenlandia, and welcome to Bok Talk, your 100% friendly backyard chickens show. Oh, it's been a while, but it is so great to be back. So today we are going to talk about impacted crop. We're going to talk about integrating new chickens, and we're going to be talking about chicken saddles and many other things. So what I have done for you today is I've pulled some content from the archives. Uh, Many of you know that I moved lately, my family, and I moved out to the country. We are really enjoying it. We moved to five acres, and it's been great, but you know what hasn't been great? the, um, the internet, the (laughs) internet, the internet is not great out here. So usually I record my podcast live, uh, that has not been happening since we moved out here. We're still trying to figure it out. I really want to get back to doing that because it's fun to do that. You know, I get to interact live with people on YouTube and then I add it to the podcast apps and you can listen to it there. But, uh, right now that's just not working. So what I've done is I've Pulled an old episode of Bok Talk that is really good, but really needs to get more listeners because there's lots of great information in it, and I did the this um, episode before I had as many listeners as I do now, so I'm putting it back out there for you guys, and I think you're going to love it, and I want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by my favorite chicken. My favorite chicken.com is my favorite place to go for all things chicken. So uh, I just want to let you know about it. You should go check it out. You can get your feed there. You can get chicken supplies. You can get like super cute chicken things. So go check that out. And now without further ado, here is the episode. I am going to start out with um, a question that I got through my contact form on my website, which is the best way to send your chi- your questions to Chickenlandia because I'm guaranteed to get it. Sometimes if you comment with a question, it might get lost. So I my first question was from Sarah and she asked, how to, how do you introduce new hens to a flock? Um, and that is a question that I get a lot. And because of that, I actually have a few different videos about it. My most recent one, I think, is the is the best one. It's uh, called "Add New Chickens to Your Flock." How to how to add n- new chickens to your flock. And in that video, I go through the integration process, which can take. It, it depends on the size and the age of the chickens, and it also depends on the personality of your flock. How fast it will go. I have not had the experience of not being able to integrate a new chicken. I think with patience and time, it usually works out just fine. In my video, I'm actually integrating small chickens. One of them is a Sarama and the other one is a Sarama mix in with my mixed flock. And I show how it just takes a little bit longer. But if you have them separate and seeing, and what that means is you have an area for your new chicken, or, your, or chickens, it's always better to integrate more than one at a time. So if you have the new chickens in a separate area and they can see the flock, the flock can see them, but they can't get to each other. And that will give them an opportunity to get used to each other and kind of establish the beginnings of the pecking order so that when you do put them together, it's not so drastic that they're actually drawing blood on each other. And that is when it becomes dangerous. No matter how long you wait, when you put them together, they are going to squabble. That That is very normal. But if you can watch and make sure that they're not drawing blood, then you're doing good. Um, and, and the chickens are doing okay. Keep an eye on them. Make sure they're not hurting each other to the point of injury. And it will be a little bit uncomfortable, but they're going to get through it. And what you can do is you can put food feed and water in different places so that the new chickens can get to food and water because sometimes the existing flock will try to keep them from getting food food and water, which isn't cool. So anyway, go watch that video first. That's your first bit of homework. <laughs> and and uh, you know, then just take it one day at a time. And what you're gonna want, is for chickens to either be the same size or the same age as your existing flock. So, let's say you have an existing flock of chickens and you've got some bantam chickens that you want to integrate with that flock. Hopefully the personality of your flock is a little is, you know, will be able to handle that. If they're large, a standard size, hopefully they'll be able to handle that and they probably will. You will want the Bantam chickens, since they're not going to be the same size, you'll want them to be the same age. And then it will be easier to integrate them because they'll be, you know, I mean, I've integrated little Sarama hens and they are feisty. and They don't put up with anything because... Their hands, hens and they're like, no, I'm not going to deal with that. It's kind of like me. You know, I'm I'm in my 40s. I'm not going to deal with <laughs> the stuff I dealt with in my 20s. So I hope that helps. Uh, Built on the Rock Home says, I had a Rhode Island red hen who kept attacking one specific buff Orpington hen. You know, sometimes it just happens. After the third attack, I kept them separated for months, but also started selling off all my Rhode Island reds. Oh, that, well, that's too bad uh you know sometimes it just happens i find that if i have a hen that is being a bully if i can remove that hen from the flock for a few days when they come back they're kind of taken down a notch a little bit and uh even better than that i will have um a dog crate a large dog crate in the coop and i can put the hen in there or the whoever it is um in there with some food and water and they will live in there for a few days and then that will really take them down a notch because they can't roost and so they're kind of like uh this (laughs) this isn't cool so you know I don't like doing that kind of stuff but it's better than having to rehome them or whatever else you might do so you know to me that is the uh that's the better option but sometimes you just you know you have to do what you have to do for your flock uh, Homestead Dreaming. Actually, I'm going to answer your question right now. So, um, Homestead Dreaming has chickens. Uh, she lives in the city and um, she's not allowed to have roosters. And lo and behold, there is a hen that really looks like a hen that is crowing and not laying eggs. Now, uh, what I think you have there is, is what sometimes happens is that there is a chicken that is. Not completely a hen and not completely a rooster. And they they're great chickens. They're perfectly fine, but that is where they where they are in terms of sex. So um, first of all, she may never lay eggs. You could try putting her doing just what I said and putting her in a in a large dog crate where she can move around with feed and water. And keep her in there for a few days. And that might stop her from trying to be the head honcho. It might take her down a little bit and she might stop crowing. But that that is a dilemma. And I wish I could tell you exactly like, okay, this is what you can do. I will look more into it. But I I think that if she is crowing, that might just be what she does. And I know that I last year I visited a place called growing veterans and they had a chicken that was both sexes and they just love this chicken i mean this chicken had a special place where they lived and um they took care of this chicken just loving care of this chicken but uh it couldn't stay with the other chickens because the other chickens would beat up on it so um there they can be adorable chickens uh, and perfect to have as pets but if you're looking for eggs you might not get any but maybe you never know you just never know okay next question is from my friend Sebastian who sent a question through my contact submission form on my website welcome to chickenlandia.com he asks what do I do when I bring a chicken home for the first time (laughs) Well, you know what? First first of all, you celebrate because it's a wonderful day in your life <laughs> that you brought a chick at home. And what you're going to want to do, it really depends. So if it's a baby chick, you're going to want to go and watch my video all about raising chicks the chicken landia way. I'm going to post post that link in the description. You definitely want to have more than one baby chick. You don't want to bring just one baby chick into your life because they are flock animals. They need other birds around them, chickens around them. And then if you are bringing home a, a chicken for the first time and you have an existing flock, then if you can, it is best to keep that chicken away from your flock for at least a couple of weeks and just kind of keep an eye on it and make sure that it's not sick, that, um, you know, check it for mites, lice, scaly leg mite so do that make sure the chicken is is okay to go with your flock and then you want to follow the integration process that we were talking about earlier go watch the video adding how to add new chickens to your flock and you you will be golden if it's your first chicken then i think you should go to chickenlandia 10 the chickenlandia 101 playlist which i will also put in the description and you will be golden just just stick with me sebastian i will get you through it <laughs> um homestead dreaming says she he crows and has spurs but does not lay and does not mate yeah spurs are you know many hens have spurs spurs are not uncommon for hens so yeah I, I think just looking at the chicken because I saw a picture a uh, picture of them and uh, they look like they were kind of right in the middle there uh, between the sexes. So uh, you never know. I mean, next week you might get an egg. <laughs> so you just and and then the the crowing will start. You you really just don't know. I've heard that happening too. So Pamela Bene, who is a wonderful fan of mine very active on Welcome to Chicken Landia asked, what is impacted crop and how do I prevent it or fix it? So that is a great question. Impacted crop is when food gets stuck in the crop. And the crop is the first level of digestion. It's where the feed is kind of moistened. Mo- moisten, mo- broken down with moisture. (laughs) And it goes from there into the next level of digestion, which could be one of two places. It's a long story. It's not like humans. (laughs) But um, that's the first level of digestion. And then it goes into the, how am I going to pronounce this right? Proventriculus, which is a word I read a lot, but I don't say a lot. (laughs) That's one of the places it'll go or it'll go to the gizzard. Okay, so uh, the crop is very important. Sometimes it will get impacted with food or, um, you know, maybe the chicken will eat something it's not supposed to. Maybe it gorged on something like long grass um, and it got stuck for whatever reason. It just, uh, you know, that part of the process didn't go Right. So what you can do if this happens, and you will know that it is going on if in the morning, not the nighttime, but in the morning, you check the chicken and it has a really hard, large crop. And we're talking like larger than what you would see in another chicken, like abnormally large. It's pretty noticeable Um, because at night they empty out their crop. So if it's full and hard in the morning and, and, and swollen, then it's very likely impacted. So um, sometimes when my chickens are sick and I always uh, follow the sick chicken action plan, which is a video of mine where I talk about some really simple steps that you can follow right when you have a sick chicken, just the first steps that you follow before you seek veterinary care or other type of um, professional care. And so I would follow that or bring the chicken inside, get the chicken nice and comfortable in a in a quiet spot and then i will make a slurry with egg yolk and vitamin probiotic electrolyte water so when i do that if i suspect impacted crop i would add some olive oil to that and then massage the crop as you know a few times a day trying to just kind of work that material out of the crop and into and you know down to where it's supposed to go Beyond that, I am, I can't in good conscience tell you to perform surgery on your chicken. That's just, uh, I, I can't tell you to do that. You might decide that you want to do that if you don't have access to a veterinarian. But uh, my advice beyond that point would be you need to contact a veterinarian. And sometimes if you don't have you know, a regular chicken veterinarian. Maybe there's someone that you can consult online. I need to look into that and see if there's like a national person. Or possibly you could find an exotic bird veterinarian, but, you know, there are some different things between chickens and exotic birds. So it just depends um, on where you are. We are so lucky here in the Pacific Northwest and definitely Bellingham. There's many chicken vets. (laughs) Because there's lots of crazy chicken ladies just like me and man, chicken crazy chicken men too, uh, crazy chicken kids. <laughs> um, so beyond that, if you cannot empty out the crop, I would suggest seeking veterinary care. Susan Turtle says, fresh pineapple is good for breaking down blockages. Blitz fresh pineapple and give the hen a few drops two or three times during the day. Interesting, I had not heard that. But it makes sense. It makes sense, Susan, because, um, you know, that, that there's a lot of enzymes in pineapple. So probably those good enzymes have something to do with it. Which brings me to the next part of the question, which was how do I prevent impacted crop? I would say the number one thing that you need to do to prevent impacted crop is to make sure that your chickens have access to enough food, clean water, and grit but definitely enough food because when chickens gorge or they eat something they're not supposed to, that is when they can get an impacted crop. You know, chickens are made to eat vegetation. So it really shouldn't, you know, a good healthy chicken with, with healthy flora in her crop should be able to break down grass just fine. But there are a lot of factors involved. If a chicken is living in an environment like my chickens, where they, they're they not free range, they don't have access to pasture 24-7, if I was to take a whole bunch of grass and put it into the chicken yard, then they would probably eat a lot of it. And if I did that and they didn't have proper feed and water and grit... Then there's a really good chance that they could get impacted crop. And when they have, but when they have access to pasture, they're just not that desperate, if that makes sense. They're just more likely to overeat because they live in an enclosed run. I don't know if I'm making sense right now, but um, I'm trying. (laughs) So, number one thing you really want to do is make sure they have enough feed, clean water grit and I really like to offer uh, probiotics occasionally probably like once a week some good probiotic something that has good probiotics in it you can ferment their feed and you can ferment their feed daily and give it to them or you can offer it as a supplement there's also probiotics that you can add to their water and you can certainly do that that's very good for them so those are a few of the things that you can do to prevent it and hopefully you won't have that experience. So I'm going to answer the last question here. It's actually, oh, Sarah Ferguson is asking, does Bellingham have a chicken limit? You know, I need to refresh myself on the rules. I I actually live right outside the city limits. Um, and there is not a limit, but there's there's no limit outside the city limits Um Inside Bellingham, I believe that I don't think that there is a limit. And I know that you can actually have a rooster in Bellingham city limits, which I think is awesome. But it's the same the same rules apply to like a, a barking dog or a nu- nuisance dog. So if your neighbors get upset about it, then the city will get involved and then you'll probably have a problem. Okay, so the last question. Big Dreams Homestead watched my video on chicken saddles and asked, can chickens wear saddles in the rain? (laughs) Sometimes they don't know when to come out of the rain, you know, especially silkies. They really don't know how to come out of the rain. Anyone that has silkies knows that (laughs) or showgirls. They just get like totally soaked. So if that is the case and they're wet and they're wearing their saddles, obviously you want to keep an eye on it. You don't want them to be walking around, especially right now when it's cold and wet, you don't want them to be walking around with this wet thing on their back. So I would keep an eye on it and have one, another one handy and you'll be, you'll be golden. (laughs) So there, that's my answer. Humble bee farm. Do you know anything about foul, foul pox? Um, well, I know that it is survivable. I know that it is um, uncomfortable for the birds, but with supportive care, they should be able to get through it just fine. Um, do you have Do you have that in your flock right now? A uh, humble bee farm, you're not sure. Well, I hope they don't because um, it's a pain. But I do know that usually, unless a chicken is, is weak or not doing well already, maybe re- old, um, that they will be able to get through it. They just won't look very good for a while. The Haskins family vlog, we are getting 20 more chickens in March. <laughs> Do you think it would be okay to keep them inside our new yellow coop instead of inside our house in a brooder box? Um, It depends. How will you heat, how will they get heat? In their coop outside. Because um, if they're babies. They will need heat. Um, I, I don't know. Exactly what the weather is there. But I think in March. They're probably still going to need heat. Um, and since they are. In your coop. I would really consider. Investing in. A. Uh, like a. Um, oh gosh. A radiant heating heater plate instead of a heat lamp because um, heat lamps in coops are more of a fire hazard. So if you can get one of those heating plates, warming plates, they're great. And I just, I feel like uh, chickens, baby chicks do better with them because it's just more natural for them. They are able to get used to the cycles of day day and night easily, more easily. And they seem to just feather out better. So... Thank you for joining me today. If you would like to submit a question direct to the president of Chickenlandia, <laughs> go to my website welcome to chickenlandia.com, go to the contact section and click the little you'll get a you'll get like a little thing where you can click and it'll put some options in front of you and one of them says ask a chicken question and I want you to press that and then type your question and then press send. <laughs> And then I will get your question. Always happy to help, and we will see you next time. Thank you so much for being here. Bye. Dahlia Monterosso, also known as the president of Chickenlandia, is a backyard chicken educator in Northwest Washington. To submit your question to Bok Talk, visit WelcomeToChickenlandia.com. We'll see you next time.